on your marks. It's Jet Set and Go on SAFM. The Jet Set Breakfast, 7 to 10 a.m. Oh, we've got our first guest, guest who's um, ready. It's Dr. Kirsten uh, Wimberberger, project director for the Cape Parrot Project and a trustee of the Wild Bird Trust. Good morning and welcome to Jet Breakfast. Good morning. Thanks for having, uh, having me on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. So it's Conservation Month, it's Heritage Month, it's everything that has to do with history. So this Heritage Month, um, we are basically throwing support behind anything that is history-orientated, with September being celebrated as that particular month to mark our nation's, uh, nation's diverse culture, heritage, you know, pondering on the plight endangered uh, Cape Parrot who's Global uh, plumage must surely remind us of our national um, sporting teams. So talk about this parrot that's becoming extinct. And I do notice that it seems like it's more concentrated in the cap, Cape. What is this? What's so special about the parrot? Maybe that's what I should be asking. Well, first of all, thank you for obviously having us on the show. But uh, just to link it to heritage is that this special species is only found in South Africa. And there's, only, uh, there's actually less than 2,000 individuals left so in the entire world. And great that you mentioned, obviously, the, the plumage. So we, it is very funny that we talk about this green and gold, uh, and especially with, with the rugby, um, it's, it's very like a marked um, time to actually be talking about this endangered bird. But it is this amazing, talkative, you know, squeaking, squawking bird that you find out in the wild in beautiful forests. So if you guys know about Neisner, it's those kind of Neisner forests, but actually they don't occur that much down south. So their earliest, their most southerly point is there in the Hogsback region, uh, in the Eastern Cape, it's near East London, and then going all the way up into southern KwaZulu-Natal, and then a, a little population in Limpopo. So it's very restricted to these threatened forest biomes. And what are the repercussions if they do become totally extinct? So we use the species as an umbrella species for, for the protection of the forest habitat as well as all the other animals that live in these forest habitats. So it's much easier to use such a beautiful bird to actually help conserve. You know, if I had to tell you, listen, there's this in, there's endangered insects here, uh, you know, that lives there and we need it, you know, to actually have the, the uh, fertile soil. You know, you won't really be passionate about it, but that's why we're using this beautiful bird, which represents all the endangered and threatened species that, that depend on this forest habitat. So without this, this parrot, uh, as well as the, the forest, you know, it's, it's like losing, obviously, part of our heritage. It's losing also part of our soul. It's losing part of what makes humans humans. You know, we, we can't lose forests. Those are like the lungs of, of the earth. Uh, so it's really quite a big deal that if this bird goes, we know that the forest is, is suffering, all the other individuals and species that are living in the forest are suffering. Mm. And I see that, you know, the Cape Parrot is strongly associated with Yellowwood Forests, which, you know, the founding father of Democratic South Africa, Nelson Mandela, adored. 
Why do they prefer the yellow wood? Is there anything specific or special about that? Yes, no, thanks for bringing that. Uh, we're always so proud to link that because the yellow wood is actually our, our national tree. So we always joke and say that, you know, the parrot should be our national parrot, this, this Cape parrot. Um, and it is this lovely relationship that they have. You know, way back in, in the day, at least, you know, over 100 years ago, there were many, many large yellow woods around. And it, and it produces such wonderful fruit. And it has this very high canopy that these parrots can see from all over the place when it's fruiting. And so they ended up specializing on eating the kernels as well as nesting in these trees. But then unfortunately, around 100 years ago, we as people went into the forest and removed these large yellow woods because we liked them for, because it's actually called yellow wood. So when you cut it, it makes this beautiful wood that people have still today. You have like granny's old furniture and there's this beautiful yellow wood table. Churches were adorned with this beautiful wood and they were even used for railway sleepers. So it's only now recently that we're seeing them suffering because of what we did a uh, hundred years ago. And before that, there was just plenty, plenty around. And uh, unfortunately, these yellow woods take hundreds of years to actually get back to where they were when these parrots uh, depended on them. Mm. And of course, you know, the pro you, this project that you're running, the Cape Parrot, has partnered with local communities in and around um, Hawksback to create a green economy project that sources funding and support to build community nurseries where members, predominantly women, receive training, skills, development to germinate and grow indigenous seedlings that are in turn uh, purchased by the project for restoration work. And see that it's, 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 it really works hand in hand with the campaign um, that you, you've got on the ground. Would you like to ex um, explain further what this campaign is all about and how uh, the campaign has taken off? Yes, thank you for that. Um, yeah, we, we call it the My Forest uh, um, campaign. And, uh, you know, what you said is, is so true. Without people and communities that actually are living there by the indigenous forest, we have no conservation success. So that is really integral to us success is to actually work with communities, um, helping them grow up these seedlings, which we need, and then to actually plant them back with community's help back into these forests that are actually government land, and they're meant to um, restore these lands. So we're actually helping the government fulfill their mandates by planting into these forests and using communities that are, are well, partnering with communities that, that are nearby. And the My Forest campaign is just to highlight that we are trying to restore a particular area. And like I said, it's not someone's private land. It's actually government designated. And, and we're trying to get everybody to just even 100 rand at a time. And we, it's this beautiful graphic on our website where you, every time you put something in, there's more and more chance that this, this beautiful tree will grow. And that's what we're looking for is that we are, we are not just paying for you know, our, ourselves to actually run this project. We are paying for communities to actually have their first employment in the area. We're really trying to uh, provide capacity in these rural communities and for them to actually ha have jobs, have, uh, have money coming in from this green economy. So it's so important when people look at trying to help us fundraise for that, that you see the people as well as, as the care parrot. And that's what we're trying to, to marry uh, and for people to try and sponsor and help us do our jobs. Well, Dr. Kirsten, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, for more information, where do we go? 
So just even Google Cape Parrot Project. We're the only ones out there called Cape Parrot Project. And you'll see us on Facebook especially, but also on Instagram. Join our community. Come and chat to us. We are more than happy to answer any questions. But the Cape Parrot Project, uh, Google it and you'll come up with all sorts of information. Thank you so much. Have yourself a great weekend ahead. That's Thank Dr. Kirsten uh, Wimberger, Project Director for the Cape uh, Parrot Project and Trustee of the Wild Bird Trust. So, you know, this is what happens. When birds migrate, that tells you what's happening within a season. Or if you're about to experience drought, they are the first, uh, you know, sign that something is about to happen or if you're about to have famine or you know and we take all these things for granted and I think um, learning just a little bit is so important so that we are well acquainted with our environment quite an interesting conversation but anyway still to come uh, we are going to go to history so uh, the Week in Africa with James Hall. He's a writer, historian, founder of www.africatodayyesterday.org. Coming up next.